I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinny Wiley. This week, Pacific Rugby League is in the spotlight. Pacific Oceania makes a bright start in the Davis Cup tennis. And the next generation of Samoan rugby stars get their chance to impress. But first, Auckland City have won a fifth straight Oceania Champions League football title in dramatic fashion at the weekend, edging Team Wellington 4-3 in a penalty shootout. The match had finished one all after regular and extra time. Tempers flared as Team Wellington winger Chris Bale was sent off for abusing the referee late in extra time, while there were also allegations of Auckland players yelling abuse at Wellington following the final whistle. Auckland City coach Ramon Trebuliach told Richard Wayne it was a mixture of happiness and relief after his players finally secured victory. Well, I think we deserve to win the game, to be honest. This is how I feel. I think we probably were the better team. We had the best chances. We were very physical, but they, they managed to equalise in the last uh, 10 minutes through a set piece. And uh, there you go, you know, all of a sudden you're in, in the extra time and uh, obviously everyone's getting a little bit a little bit tired and then things uh, don't happen the way you want them to happen. And we also missed the penalty in the uh, extra time. So we made it hard for ourselves. You know, these finals are never easy. We knew it was going to be a very tight game, very competitive game. And it was. Uh, look, in the end, we are happy that we managed to do it in the penalty shootout. I guess finals often aren't um, the greatest match of the tournament, are they, with the stakes being so high for both teams? I mean, there's a lot of emotions, so a lot of nerves as well in there. So you tend not to play your best football in, in final games, especially for us. I think for the way we play, we, we need to be mentally fresh. It's been a long tournament, so we probably were not at our best. And if you put together the... Uh, you know, the, the amount of things that were at stake in the game, well, uh, that made the game difficult for the way we want to play with the ball. You know, no, no excuses there. I mean, uh, this is this is what happens when you play the football the way we want to play. You have, we have to think a lot. We have to make a lot of decisions with the ball, and you need to be fresh to, to be able to make good decisions, especially in a final like that. But I think, uh, you know, overall, I think we, we, we dominated the game probably for most part of it. In the end, again, you know, we we kept our call and we managed to do it in the penalty shootout. What was behind? There were several times the the teams squared up, including after the penalty shootout. What was behind that? Was that the stakes so high, or was there something else going on in the match? No, I think I think it's uh, you know, I mean, it's an opportunity to compete at the Club World Cup, so everyone wants to be involved in and that. You know, I mean, we we wanted to go back. We we know we have experience what it is like, and we wanted to repeat, and they wanted to have their first opportunity. So. It's understandable. Both teams, uh, the coaching staff, the players, uh, wanted to get there, wanted to put their 150% to make sure they gave it everything to achieve that. You know, sometimes uh, 
obviously uh, in these situations is a bit of roughness in there, but these things happen, you know, in football and in life. You know, uh, luckily at the end, uh, things uh, got back to normality and. And, and that was it, you know. Obviously, a new shorter tournament format this year, and in, in just one place. Um, I think that was to keep the costs down. Where do you think the O League needs to go? Because um, the Hikari United owner John Kapinato uh, of the Papua New Guinea club, he says uh, he wants the competition to go professional because uh, otherwise you're spending a lot of money and there's sort of not much reward there. Uh, I guess you sort of have to win it to make ends meet. What do you think the O League should go? I think from a football point of view, I'm not a chairman or anything like that. I'm a, I'm a football coach. So from a football's perspective, probably the best way you're going to develop the players in the uh, confederation is by having more games. You know, having the opportunity to play home and away, I think is, is probably the best way to experience, uh, you know, uh, big games. Uh, if we play, when we play away in, the, in Oceania, anywhere we play, we always have big crowds. The final yesterday was not. We didn't have a big crowd because it was two New Zealand teams playing in Fiji. You know? So uh, obviously, if we go back to what it was a couple of years ago, where we had group face and then semi-finals and final home and away, uh, you get you're guaranteed a lot of very good game. That's the best way you're going to give your players uh, and 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 the staff an opportunity to the ballot at the highest level. You know, in a tournament, you haven't got as many games. Uh, there's a lot of other things involved in it, like the mental tiners and the physical tiners, so it becomes more a battle rather than a, an opportunity to develop. You know, but obviously I understand that there's uh, the financials and, and other stories in there that make it hard, and, and it's not for me to say what's the way the uh, confederation should go. You know, but from a football perspective, well, to me, that's uh, what I said. And, yeah, I suppose home and away too. You'd, um, for the club's point of view, you'd get um, the gate at home, and the other team would get the gate at home, and so probably more money going into the individual clubs than uh, just the tournament. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we, we've only spent money here in uh, in Fiji. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure how much. I think we were talking about over a hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars, as the cost of the entire trip. You know, so that, that's a lot of money for the club and no income as we've played uh, away games. <laughs> So I can understand that from the uh, club's point of view, uh, financially it's not uh, it's not ideal. I can only give you my thoughts about that. Whatever happens, well, we'll see. You know, if it if it turns professional, well, that would be that would be unbelievable. I mean, that would be even better. You know, that would be the best way to give those players an opportunity to dedicate themselves to this and and to play better games. Uh, that means they get more experience and they they become better. You know? So it's as simple as that. That's the Auckland City football coach Ramon Trebuliac. Papua New Guinea coach Mel Meninga says the growing focus on international rugby league is a welcome boost for the game in the Pacific. The Kumuls take on Fiji this Saturday on the Gold Coast as part of a Pacific Test doubleheader, with Samoa and Tonga also going head-to-head. The Tests follow Friday's Anzac clash between Australia and New Zealand in Brisbane, while Niue are also in action this weekend against South Africa. Mel Meninga says more high-level games for Pacific countries can only be good for the game. Something like 28%. Uh, of all players playing uh, in the National Rugby League of Pacific Islands. So, you know, it's, you know, Pacific Islands are a really, really important area for the development of rugby league. And uh, from your point of view, the team you've selected for the Kumuls, obviously the fair chunk of those coming from the Hunters team from the Queensland Cup and only a few of them that aren't actually playing in that Queensland Cup competition. Um, I mean, part of that's, I guess, because there aren't a number of Kumuls players uh, in the NRL, but uh, what was the reasoning behind there? Is that cohesion of them all playing together week in, week out, something that you obviously factored in? 
Yeah, I know that's probably our best player, to be honest with you. Vinny, you know, we've gone through a development process, you know, starting from the World Cup where the Papua New Guinea side wasn't all that successful. A lot of the competitions uh, within country weren't the best. So, you know, we're trying to improve the development of the game within Papua New Guinea, but obviously then they provide pathways for players to play in, in greater competitions. The Hunters playing in the intra-super competition in Queensland has been a revelation for us. You know, it's just helped their development as players. The popularity of sports even improved even more so. Uh, they're doing very well. So, I mean, and they're becoming uh, better players because of it. So, it's a fair challenge for us to play against Fiji. They've got something like a dozen NRL players playing in their in their squad. But, um, you know, we'll be very competitive. And, and I think the future for Papua New Guinea, if we keep doing what we're doing, uh, is pretty bright, really. I think you know, we'll be competing at the highest level within four to five years. So, I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. We want pathways, so we want our players playing in the National Rugby League, and that's the only way to, you know, we're going to have a strong national, international side. So we've got two young fellows playing in the Penrith system at the moment, uh, the Albert brothers, um, so who will come out of the, you know, the World Cup and also the Hunters program. So that's a start. So what expectations do you put on the Kumuls team this weekend? Do you believe they are capable of winning? Do you go into it hoping, expecting to win, or do you just... Take it as it comes. No, we'll, we'll be competitive, you know. So we haven't talked about winning, you know. Um, we know a, a challenge in front of us. Uh, they've got a pretty good side, the Fiji inside. All but they've had a few of their players, you know, play uh, now playing in the you know, country city game on the weekend on Sunday. But um, you know, we just want to be competitive. We're, we're competitive throughout the game. You know, we give ourselves a great chance of being successful. But I just want them playing really well, you know, playing their potential on Saturday night. And if we do that, well, you know, we'll be happy. And I'm, I know the the Papua New Guinean public will be happy. Those guys, I mean, obviously it's not uh, your worry, uh, the Fijian team, and of course with Queensland it's, uh, you know, the opposition as well, but uh, those guys in the city-country game, do they all have to be declared for Australia to be in that game, do they? They've obviously made that choice. They want to, they want to play for New South Wales. That's their, their pathway. They want to play for New South Wales, Queensland, or and, and Australia. So they chose that pathway. They could have played for their nations, but um, those boys obviously believe it's a better game by playing in the city country. I guess you can probably see both sides of that coin, can't you, with the work you do in PNG and also with the Maroons, uh, you know, the people wanting to see more people playing, more top players playing international rugby league, especially with the Pacific teams. And we saw Anthony Milford last year was, uh, you know, a case that got a lot of coverage. Um, obviously, you yeah. guys are very keen on him as well. Uh, uh, but obviously the balance as well, that these guys obviously are keen on origin and obviously that's an aspirational uh, goal for them to get to as well, or if not Australia or New Zealand. Yeah, I, I just think the system's a bit flawed at the moment. I mean, so I think they should be able to play for their their country if they don't get picked for Australia uh, or New South Wales or Queensland, you know, or or New Zealand or or, or England. So those guys, those Pacific Islanders and and uh, Papua New Guineans who don't get selected in their home country's teams um, should be eligible if their ancestry belies that. So I mean, so if they if they're Tongan Samoan or you know whatever, um, they should be able to play play for their country. And you don't think that should conflict with them playing Origin? No, I don't think so. I don't believe that should happen. You know, so it's all about you know improving the game of rugby league in you know in the Pacific area. So um, they should be allowed to to play if they don't get selected in in the teams above them. You know, that's an international rugby league federation regulation. So whatever reason, it's not being addressed at the moment. That's the PNG Commonwealth Rugby League coach Mel Meninga. Pacific Oceania have made a dream start to their Davis Cup tennis tie in Bahrain with victories against Iraq and the host nation in their opening two ties. The Dolphins came from one down to beat Iraq 2-1 on the opening day before an impressive 3-0 sweep of Bahrain on their own court. 
Pacific Oceania are currently top of Group A, while Singapore and the United Arab Emirates are unbeaten in Group B, with the top two teams overall earning promotion to Asia Oceania's own Group 3 next year. Speaking before the start of the 11-team event, team captain Gilles de Guy was in a confident mood. I think I got the best player that I could get this year, so it's definitely uh, we get the best uh, chance and we try and uh, I think we we are getting there quite confident to, to be promoted in the third world division. The men's team, I guess, have found it tough over the last couple of years uh, in Division 4. Um, what do you sort of make of that challenge? Because a couple of your players are very experienced and have been around for a long time, but I, yeah. under, I, I understand this will be Cyril's last... Uh, time competing for Pacific Oceania, so uh, very soon you're going to have to start thinking about uh, young players coming up. Yeah, yeah, and we have a so that's the reason um, for this year we we on hold uh, 18 years old from Tahiti, Ave Kele. This player should be uh, our next generation for the next few years. You know, as a single, he's a good single tennis player, and he's going to American University. So I'm definitely crossing gears that this player will be. Uh, Definitely take the challenge that our older players are getting retired. Anyway, we have a good experience players in doubles, so my goal is to win at least one single. And quite confident about the double because we have, I think, one of the best players in the fourth world division. Uh, my goal is to get one point on the two singles, you know, and getting to the double. How would you describe your captaincy of the team? I think the most difficult thing is to track the guys uh, because we are quite split, you know. We are the only one nation playing in the Davis Cup where we're representing uh, 70 nations, in fact, different nations. And because we are representing islands in the Pacific, we are all uh, over the places. So we couldn't catch uh, many times a year. We are we try to get one a year. So it's quite challenging as a captain because everyone, when he's getting back on his island, is quite isolated, you know. I try to keep them uh, motivated and say, what is your program, what are you doing? So it's more about this. It's not something that a captain of a, a big nation or a different nation is quite easy for him to manage and to keep an eye on the players. My role is quite uh, is a little bit more about tracking what you are doing, keep motivating during the year, and getting some we can play uh, some different tournaments to prepare the Davis Cup. And it was the case with the Australian Tennis League in January. So thank you for um, Australian uh, Tennis Federation to invite us. So it was the first time for us to bring so many players that I could pre-select, you know. So I selected four after this, um, this event. And it was definitely a first good start, you know. Definitely a new role uh, as a Davis Cup captain. I did so many times for the Tahiti on all the nations, as the Pacific Games or all the Olympian Games. But the Davis Cup is definitely my first time as the captain. I did the last two tie as a player, so it was good for me to have an idea how does it work. Now it's more about uh, about the others, not anymore about myself as a player. So it's good, but I like it. It's my job. I'm a tennis coach in life, so definitely happy to share and communicate and give some help. That's the Pacific Oceania Davis Cup tennis captain, Jill Degui. The inaugural Oceania Under-20 Rugby Championship kicks off this Friday in Australia, giving Samoa a chance to fine-tune their preparations for the World Championship in Italy in June. The baby Manu will play games against the hosts Australia, former world champs New Zealand and Japan in the round-robin event. Head coach Simo Satiti says with his final World Cup squad still to be decided, there's everything to play for. It's a great opportunity to uh, some of these players to showcase their talents against New Zealand and, and Australia, even Japan. 
Um, I used to turn them in just to have a look at them again once more before we finalised our squad for the JWC. So it's, it's, it's great to have these tournaments just to testing our, the character and, and the plans we are, we are putting in place to make sure that it is working. If not, then we still have time to, re- to readjust it. This year, Samoa is the only Pacific country in the top echelon. Uh, Fiji getting relegated after last year's tournament in New Zealand. So I guess you're, you're flying the, uh, the Pacific flag in a way. Yeah, <laughs> a great feeling when, when you know that you're the, you're the only Pacific Island in, in the comp, which is uh, a, a put a little bit of a, um, a, a bit of a, a, you know a lot of responsibility for the whole team to represent the whole Pacific nations. We'll do our best. I know we're coming up with South Africa, Australia, and, and even Italy in the, the tournament, but we're taking one at a time, and it's know it's going to be tough. But we we'll hopefully our operations and anything we do off the field will we'll carry it on on the field. You've got 29 uh, players going across to Australia, all competing for the final squad. Um, how many players do you have in the current squad that were a part of your uh, under-20 world champs last year in New Zealand? Uh, we had four from last year. I was expecting more because after last year we had uh, 13 available for this year. But uh, due to other commitments and underperformance and uh, involving with with other countries, so that's why we only have four. So some players have been picked up by the likes of New Zealand or Australia. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and we had Lucero Rolala was with us last year. was our fullback. He's now with New Zealand. Uh, Nathaniel Upper, he's I think he's, he's still with the New Zealand twenties, and he's with the uh, the Crusaders um, Super Fifteen. Uh, also, we had Ferretti Saanga, the prop um, from Australia. He's with with the Aussie squad now, playing for this for Australia on this uh, Oceania Rugby Championship in Gold Coast. Is that tough? Because you know it's obviously not the first year that this happens, and I guess there's not a lot you can do about it. We've had in the past the likes of Stephen Luatua and a couple of others that started with Samoa and then you know I guess being poached or taken by the New Zealand or Australian teams and. Is it, is it frustrating to see that sort of happen year after year, or is it something you just have to accept? I said to all the players, especially those guys involved with other countries, this is the opportunity he has, he has to take. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not stopping them uh, from going to play for New Zealand or Australia. Uh, they're most welcome to do so. I know it's, it's, it's frustrating a bit, but this is the challenge of, of the players. You know, it's not just a rugby game; it's, it's, it's their career, their job to help out their family. So. So we have to uh, let them go um, to do the best they can for the future and hopefully one day we'll uh, come back and play for some more, hopefully. <laughs> OK, and, uh, and just in terms of those matches uh, on the Gold Coast, Australia first up, then New Zealand, then Japan. Um, you know, What are you looking for in terms of the actual games? Uh, is, is there a certain scoreline? Is, I mean, is winning important mm. or is it about performance at this point or what are you trying to achieve over this event? It's all about performance. Uh, I want I want them to perform. I'm not expecting uh, too much from. Uh, and as I said, it's all a trial. It's all about getting together and and do the what thing that we train. Uh, it's going to be different players playing in different positions that I'm going to try out. Well, I'm not expecting a win, um, but I'm worried about. Um, I'm expecting good performance because if they play well, perform well, the results will come. That's the Samoa Under Twenty Rugby Coach Simo Satiti. 
And Cricket PNG have been forced to spread its talent pool for the upcoming Pacific Games and World T20 qualifiers. Jake Vare will captain the Barramundis in July's T20 qualifying tournament in Ireland, where teams will vie for a berth at the 2016 T20 World Cup in India. He replaces Chris Amini, who will lead the PNG A-team in the defence of their Pacific Games gold medal at the same time. For the first time, women's cricket will also feature at this year's Pacific Games in Port Moresby, with the PNG Leewers the number one ranked team in East Asia Pacific. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.